Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Right now we've got a very special guest on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline, a college basketball legend, guy we talked about on this show for 17 years now and never had on. Pretty cool, I think. And how about Taylor Coppenrath? He is second in the nation in scoring at close to 26 per game. Yeah, well, he was uh, first in the nation in total points scored that year, and he was pretty impressive. And he was going up against the guy who was second in scoring in the nation that year, Hakeem Warwick, as a 13-4 matchup in Vermont. If you haven't seen the highlights or went around to watch the game, picked off the Syracuse Orangemen and advanced on in the NCAA tournament and... Taylor Copperath, the nation's leading scorer from that year, joining us on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Taylor, it's great to have you on. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? We're great. Uh, obviously, we're rooting against your team today, but I will tell you, we are. We still talk about that performance by Vermont in the win over Syracuse. It's one of the great upsets in tournament history. And your team was so talented. You had such a great season. You guys were so great in league play that year. In a lot of ways, it reminds me of this year's team, the way you guys dominated you know, the, the conference this season. Um, how big of a shock was it to you, going back to 05, that you guys were able to pull that win off? You know, I would say it would probably be, have been more of a shock had we not made it you know, a few years earlier. You know, the first win we had and made it to the tournament, you know, we got matched up with Arizona 16 in a, in a one. And, um, you know, we weren't really expecting much. You know, and then the next year, you know, we get matched up with UConn, which they ended up going and being the national champions. So we weren't super thrilled with that matchup either early on, but we played them pretty well. Um, and then, you know, I think the third time around, we were like, you know, I think we have an opportunity here, depending on the matchup, depending on the team, uh, you know, if we can keep it close. And, um, you know, and, and things just started to fall in place. And, and we just did what we did all year long. You know what I mean? We had TJ myself. You know who, you know scored most of the points, but we had every game somebody new step up or somebody, you know, they were all good players and they could all score. It's just that when we worked the ball around, it was easier for TJ and I to score because we were put in those positions by the other kids of other teammates scoring as well, right? So you have these talented group of kids on every team, and and I think the difference is that. What separates those teams in the in the tournament is other people step up that you might not be expecting. You know, and we had that with, with Jermaine, who went off for 24 points in that game. You guys had a good run. You got injured late in the year, from what I understand and have kind of re, you know remembered here reading back on the story. But you came up in, in huge way in a huge way in the conference championship game. What are your memories of the return and all the national attention? I think it may have gotten some national. Uh, television attention as well, but for you guys to win the the conference tournament that year, yeah, the second year um, I had gone out, I had, uh, had a fracture in my wrist, so I wasn't you know able to play. Um, and then I came back, and I actually still had a smaller; it was almost healed, but I had a like a soft cast on, and so I was able to play that championship game. And you know, I go into the game always thinking. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to play. You know, we hadn't really talked too much. I'll see what I can do. And then all of a sudden, you know, that first basket and the crowd erupts. And I'm like thinking, here we go. Let's ride this <laughs> wave for however long it goes. But, yeah, I just couldn't – it seemed like I couldn't miss. And I was just making shots that I didn't usually practice. But, you know, just you're in that moment. You're in that game. And, you know, 
things were just clicking. And then, um, you know, when we got matched up with UConn, um, I think we played them pretty close for most of the game. And then, you know, they kind of snuck away um, at the end. But, you know, the overall score, sometimes those games where you look at the score and you're like, oh, they beat them pretty well. But mm-hmm. it was pretty close for, for a little while there uh, for most of that game. And um, But the Syracuse game, you know, we were, we were like, here we are. We're, you know, we have a really good senior group. You know, I think four of the five starters are seniors. Um, you know, so we knew what it takes to get there and then how to compete and, you know, to win a game like that. Was it even more special beating Syracuse? You know, they're from the Northeast, and I'm sure you guys may have known some of their players and vice versa. Did that Was it that intangible there to make it even bigger? Um, not necessarily for me. I mean, I just knew that they, you know, you have these big schools versus, you know, some of the smaller schools are underdogs, right? So when I used to watch as a kid, my dad would be like, well, you got to be careful because there are times where these smaller teams or schools, they, they come together and they match up you know, more challenging or you're not making shots that you normally make, you know, and, and, you know, I thought we had a, a pretty good matchup. We knew that it would be kind of more defensive oriented. You know, they do have a, they play that zone where they are very long and athletic and cover a lot of ground, which makes it tough. You know, so if you can shoot and you're making shots outside and you're able to get into those gaps, right. You can make things, make things, uh, work for you and we're, our defense was always man-to-man lockdown helping rotating and you know that's what we that's what we did talking to taylor copperrath vermont legend on the brandon moving and storage hotline you talked about the fact that you and your teammate both of whom have now had your numbers retired pretty cool deal at vermont led the team in scoring by a significant margin but other guys had to step up got a similar situation here ryan davis a post player is their leading scorer 17 points a game and then Shungu is averaging over 16 a game. Do you see – it's also a 13-4 matchup. By the way, I'm not trying to put the jinx on Arkansas here, but do, do you see any similarities? <laughs> right, there's a lot of comparisons. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Do you see it? Yeah, I definitely do. You know, I, I remember a few years ago watching watching Davis, and uh, I think it was that year that they retired our numbers that we went um, to that game. Uh, they were playing Brown, and, and I said, oh, he reminds me a lot of – of me, you know, he's got a soft touch around the hoop. I think he shoots more probably outside than I did uh, back then, but I feel that that's the style of play now for most post players is to be shooting more outside and, you know, getting to the basket. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of def- definitely a lot of comparisons, and I think Shungu has established himself as a, you know, a scorer from outside and a really good shooter, and he can get to the basket as well. So, you know, looking at the two teams, it's like you said, a 13 4 matchup. There's definitely a lot of comparisons, and you never know, uh, like we all know in the tournament, right? Nothing's ever a guarantee. So Yes. That is unfortunate because otherwise we wouldn't have to sweat it out with Arkansas tonight. We could just go and party and drink green beer all night, but that's not going to happen. So uh, we are a little bit stressed right. about it. That was that Syracuse yeah. team was really good. Jerry McNamara was a guy that that certainly came to mind first, and and obviously, you know, we talked about the post player a minute ago in the form of Hakeem Warwick, and he he was a guy that I didn't realize was second in the nation in scoring that year behind you. And you had plenty to worry about trying to help your team win, but was there any sort of personal, you know, battle there? Did you have any kind of internal thought process as far as you know the top scores going at each other? Um, no, I didn't. I didn't spend too much time even realizing. You know, I, I think I knew because people told me, but I didn't really know who was next or who was on that list, or you know, I didn't even realize that I was that close to being like the 
all-time scorer at UVM, you know, during my career. I just, yeah, those things didn't really come into my head when I'm preparing for a game or when we're doing those things. You know, it was just, what do we need to do in this moment to take care of business? Um, you know, are we playing defense, offense, getting a loose ball? You know, to, to go back um, to that wrist year, um, I didn't know I had uh, that fracture, and I played against BU, and there's highlights of me, like, jumping over their bench to save a ball out of bounds, <laughs> you know? So, you know, you just, those instincts come in, and if you're a diehard basketball, you know, guy or player, you know, and you and you laid it all out there every time, then, you know, some of those things you, you disregard, even though it might be not the safest, um, you know, because you're in that moment. Mm-hmm. Talking to Taylor Copperrath on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Have you seen Arkansas play at all this year? I have not. No, unfortunately, I have not caught many games. Um, you know, I have four kids, and we were lucky enough to go to the, the championship game at UVM, and um, I brought my son. It was actually his third birthday, so we got to celebrate that as, as they moved on to the NCAA tournament. Um, so, yeah, it, I catch a little bit when I can, but I've been pretty busy um, definitely when they make the tournament, I usually try to follow along. I think one other game, I think it was a Kentucky game I caught um, just because my dad was visiting and he he watches them. You know, he's a diehard uh, fan of the tournament. So maybe at some point when they get older and if they're engaged, you know. So I haven't seen them play, um, you know, just by what I've read. Um, you know, I know they have a good score as well. Um as a guard, I believe. Yeah, no Tay. Mm-hmm. So yep. what do you think the big – I mean, again, there's the basketball part of it, but there's also the mental part of it and sort of keeping everything in perspective, which your team did so well 17 years ago. Um, if you were going to talk to the team, specifically some of the leaders on this team, what would you say to them going into this? What, what's the key in keeping it all in perspective in a game like this? I would say not to try to do too much. You know what I mean? Like let the flow of the game come – you know, the shots are there, you know, work, work it, whoever has the best shots, whoever has those opportunities, you know, be aggressive, you know, but, um, and be confident. But, you know, I think some of the times what happens in some of the teams is they try to take over and they're like, I need to do something because we're not getting what we need. And I don't know. Sometimes it, it does work out, but I feel like most of the time, it's, you know, like when we were playing, Jermaine was making some shots, so he had confidence in you know, TJ passes the ball, he shoots and, you know, goes in. And we're not just, TJ wasn't trying to force things and take a shot. You know, he does hit that big three. But we really moved the ball around and got whatever the best look was and whoever's confident at that time, whoever's in rhythm, you know, whoever. So that would be my advice kind of mentality-wise is sometimes you focus a lot on offense. And I would also say that, you know, the defense is where you want to be really engaged and focused and knowing what, what they do offensively, how are you going to counter those moves, what are their um, what are their preferences, you know, do, do they like to go in the post to the right, do they go to the left, or are they versatile and they can do both. But, you know, you try to pick up on those little tendencies of individual uh, players as well. Yeah, if, you're, if their coach is smart, he will probably show them the video of your game because for two reasons, obviously it gives you reason to hope. Secondly, the star player, you, had 16 in the game when you averaged 27, I think, for the season. So, you didn't, like you said about not doing too much, that's certainly a great indication that you don't have to in a situation like that. And if 
the team plays well, you guys will still have a chance to win. What are you doing these days? Did I read that you're coaching? Uh, yeah, I was coaching. Um, my wife went through nursing school, so I took a little break from there. And with the small kids, I might get back into it if I have an opportunity. I'm teaching uh, math to uh, middle schoolers, uh, so middle grade uh, math. Mm-hmm. And um, things seem to be going pretty well. Uh, yeah, so that's what I'm doing now. But, uh, you know, and, and it's interesting, you know, people are like uh, 16 you know, that's not a, not very much. And I was like, well, not very much to what I usually do, but still for, <laughs> you know, if you compared it to somebody going from four points to 24, right, then, that's you know, point. Jermaine went from probably averaging four points to 24. Like, that's a huge jump, but yeah. one that we needed at that time. Yeah. You know, and if you were to look back at all of our seasons, but primarily that one, every time, Somebody stepped up. I remember games we played against Northeastern, and Dave Hain hits a shot at the in the corner, you know, or or somebody gets a steal, or somebody, you know what I mean. It was just you put a, together those little moments for everybody on your team. So even the guys from the bench, you know, you're coming in. What can I do to impact the game? It doesn't necessarily have to be scoring. I could get a rebound. I could get a steal. I could, you know, dive for a loose ball. Whatever it is, right? Those moments, when you're in there, you're thinking, what can I do to positively impact the game? Well, Moss, if he's doing his research then, and I know he does, uh, he should watch for Nick Fiorillo, who is averaging four a game and played in all 33 this year. So that's the guy they should be watching out for more than anything this year. Probably not thinking about that for most people on the scouting report. Uh, we appreciate you coming no, on. Not, right? Yeah, right. Appreciate you coming on. Again, 17 years later, hard to believe. I remember it like it was yesterday. We were sitting over at Beefo Brady's in Maumel, and our preacher comes on. My preacher comes on the show every week, and he does Fridays with us. We call him the pigskin preacher, but he also – comes on, does a little round ball reverend action during the basketball season, and he he famously quoted, the cracker will pull the shaka. He, he was believing in Taylor Coppenrath, and he thought you guys would knock off Syracuse, and you guys did. So you had a little belief, maybe a little higher power was paying attention to what my man Chuck had to say, but uh, hopefully it doesn't right. repeat itself this year. Um, and I will tell you this, if Vermont wins, we are not having Ryan Davis on the show in 17 years. <laughs> so there's that. But we appreciate you coming on, and good luck in your future. All right, thank you very much. All right, take care.